Hello and welcome to season three, episode three of Duelist Community. I am God, but we'll be playing the part of Andrew today. And I am just filled with awe pretty much all the time lately, and, and especially after this weekend. Uh, there's a lot to talk about in this episode. We have an exciting guest here with us, but before we get into all of that, I just want to make a few announcements quickly. Uh, we just completed the Beyond Belief workshop this weekend. It was amazing. Four hours of deep diving on the concept of God, the reality of reality, and our role within it. It was probably one of the best workshops I've ever had the pleasure of being a part of, and I truly think that we made some significant strides towards some worthy insights. And so if anybody has a chance to go and get that from our website, I encourage you to do so. It's only on for $50 right now. You can access it through dualisticunity.com. And of course, if you keep listening throughout the season, we'll keep dropping tidbits about what we talked about in that workshop. Second announcement, of course, is that Dualistic Unity is in the People's Choice Podcast Awards this year. We're very excited about this. We are up for two categories, the People's Choice Award and Religion and Spirituality. And so if you would like to help us out, go to dualisticunity.com. The information's on the homepage. You can click there, nominate us as your favorite podcast, and we may actually win this thing and draw a whole bunch more people into this conversation, into our community, and really create a bigger and bigger ripple as we've been doing throughout the last three seasons. And so that's another exciting thing. Lastly, of course, the retreat, which has previously only been available on Patreon up until this point, is now publicly available on the website. You can get tickets to our retreat. It's going to be eight days in Port Alberni, Canada, on Vancouver Island. It's going to be just amazing. You can read all the details of what we're going to be doing in this 4,500 square foot lodge right beside a river. There's a heated outdoor pool, a billiards table. There's a barbecue. We're going to have a chef coming and cooking for us. It's going to be just fantastic. So you definitely don't want to miss that as this is an opportunity that you are not going to find otherwise. This is not just an opportunity for you to work through some of the things you're working through in your life, but to actually see Andrew and I as we are in our day-to-day -day being, which is not something you'll typically get a chance to do with most people who offer this kind of service in terms of advice or, or, or insight or guidance or anything like that. You can, you'll see the face they show you. Well, in this, you'll see who we are which is exactly what we want you to see. So this is an opportunity you don't want to miss. And so without any further ado, I would like to introduce our guest, Sunny Amara. Uh, Sunny is on TikTok. Uh, you can find her under Sunny's Disposition. Uh, she is also on Instagram as the Sunny Amara uh, and on YouTube as well. I will put all the links in the description of uh, this video on YouTube. Of course, you can find her there uh, without any further gilding of the lily. I will introduce her. Um, Sunny is amazing, and I'm just going to say this very quickly. She's authentic, and she's funny, and she's clever, and more importantly, her content is as real and vulnerable as possible, or at least that's my take on it. She doesn't try to put on any mask. She tries to show you what it's like to not have one, and in my opinion, that's possibly the best ripple that you can create, so I am very excited to have her on the show. Here she is, Sunny. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. I'm hardcore blushing. That was so nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, wow. I think you uh, described my content better than I ever could describe my content, but that's pretty much exactly what I try to do. Just be myself as unadulterated as I can and encourage everyone to do the same. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I would love to love to hear more about um, just like before we get into I have some notes. I was scrolling through a bunch of your TikToks today and just like 
some God. some stuff jumped out and I was like, oh, I want to I want to get into this because it's it's a lot of similar stuff that we talk about, you know, and yeah. and so I would love to hear just a little bit about you getting to these insights, getting into content, a little bit more of a background on your process and journey. Sure. Um well, ah, man, it's kind of interesting because, you know, it's a journey and it is your whole life's journey, you know, like I, I've been thinking about, you know, I knew you'd ask something along the lines of, you know, where did my journey begin? How did it go? Because, um, you know, I listen to the podcast, so put two and two together. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of hard to pinpoint like when I started figuring this stuff out. Um, I was raised Catholic as many of us were. Um, that was, I actually went to like Catholic school for a time and then I got bullied really heavily, <laughs> classic. And uh, got out of there, thank goodness. And you know, about like getting into content, I am an actor. That's what I came out to California to do. Um, it is, God, have you, I don't know if y'all, have y'all ever done like any kind of theater? I think, Ray, did you mention? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I've never felt more alive than I do on the stage, but um, it actually is interesting too, because acting ties into this understanding so well, because I'm just stepping into another role. I'm just stepping into another person's existence. And it's really cool. I love acting because I get to like, I get to dive into who this person is and understand them in a way that no one else does and then become them. And it's so rad. <laughs> it's lots of fun. Um, and honestly, it has only been since I, I think I saw one of Andrew's TikToks maybe, maybe three months ago uh, and started listening to your podcast. It's like the first time I've ever heard someone mention something and been like, you know what? I'm actually going to check this out. Uh, usually I'm like, oh, I should check that out. And then I keep scrolling and it's gone forever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I saw it and I was like, this kid's kind of talking like how I like to talk. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, I'm kind of curious. So I, I went and I was like, all right. I looked through some of your videos. I was like, okay, there's consistency here. He means business. All right. And then I went to this podcast. I just have listened. This is all I've listened to since I started. I'm like pretty much caught up. <laughs> um, Cause I was, I just love it. I talk to you guys all the time. You're just not there to hear it. <laughs> Um, but yes, I think it's so this part really like sinking in and having you two to kind of like validate everything that had sort of been like rattling around in my little noggin, um, like that validation made me like, oh my God, I'm not crazy. Like, this is like a thing, like people get it <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, and then prior to that, I you know, I went through a spiritual witchy phase. I went through, you know, all of the phases that you need to go through until you finally get it, you know? You know, we've all we've all kind of been there. <laughs> That's awesome. This is going to be fun for sure because it's really all it's about. Actually, Andrew was talking to me after our workshop this weekend about an insight that he had had very very much along the same lines of it's just going through the processes. It's just going through the oscillation back and forth. It's just going through the, you know, finding of the crack and then opening the crack and going through it and finding the next 
you know, the, the next journey. And it's always like that. You're always just jettisoning what you don't need, picking up what you do for the next part. And that leads you on. And I, I think that keeping it that applicable, keeping it so it's that common sense is the reason that this conversation resonates with people is because we're not trying to make it otherworldly. We're not trying to say like something from on high wants you to do these things. We're saying like, is it important to you? Yeah. Is this something that feels right to you and, and why? Because <laughs> you want to make sure you know that one, right? But yeah. I do have a question um, mm -hmm. regarding the acting because I didn't know. Yeah. I, think, I think that's very exciting. Do you think that the process of putting on these characters and allowing yourself to believe that you are them, allowing yourself to identify as them and to see a different variation of that character emerge than somebody else might bring out. Do you think that this is something that's one, led you to the realization that your own character is no different in that it's just created and can change. And two, that because so many people could have a different reading on the same character, that there are in fact infinite variations of each and every different person, that each and every person could be thousands of different characters at any given time, simply by letting go of themselves. And I'm just wondering if you think that the acting has helped you kind of adapt that insight into something that's more applicable to you day to day and, and how you see that? Yeah. God, those are great questions. Um, I think, I think, yes. I think, yes, that I remember vividly, as you asked that question, I remember vividly in one of my acting classes because I got a degree in acting, which is silly as fuck, but I did. <laughs> um because you know why not and uh <laughs> they wanted me to go to school I said fine I'm doing what I want to do um so in acting class we when we do character analysis and character uh, exploration um I was I was like what would mine be like if I put myself on paper the way that I do with these characters like what would that look like? And that exploration, I think definitely opened a door. I don't know if I was ready to walk through it yet, but it definitely sort of opened that kind of like, interesting, like I'm not much different. And, and then of course you got to think about like, who would play me in the story of my life? Frankly, me, cause like who else could capture all this? Um, <laughs> they could try, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and, and on, on the infinite, I mean, if you think about it, the thing that I bring to a character that someone else might overlook or whatever is the exact same thing as like our personalities, you know, they happen because of things that we've experienced every sequence of events that we've experienced up until this point colors the way that we see everything the way that we interpret everything that we hear, the way that, you know, so, so the things that I read, the script that I read, I'm going to interpret it from the perspective of someone that's lived my life. And, you know, for everyone else, that's true as well. So why not, you know, why wouldn't it be possible for there to just be countless variations? Exactly. It's like, it's like the character variations that we can see in like, other people and then also in ourself and it's just like when you when you're talking about infinite it's like infinite is infinite and it's, it's like we're always 
everyone's almost kind of doing a character analysis, both of themselves and of other people, but the other people's character analysis is only through the lens of our own character analysis and how we see ourselves. So it's like yesterday. So like yesterday I told Ray this already and like posted it in discord, but like I, I did like a celebratory mushroom trip after our beyond belief workshop. And, and one of the things that hit me a couple of things hit me pretty hard. And one of them is that it's, it's like, I've always been talking to myself as, as God, I've always been God talking to myself, but it's just whether or not you know it. So whenever I've judged someone, I've only been judging myself. And, and even when you don't know that it's literally you judging yourself, it's still everyone judging themselves. And, and when it comes to the character analysis, like we're always doing a character analysis and it's like, whether we outwardly know it or subconsciously know it, like it's always happening. And then we try and fit ourselves into how we think we should be based on that. And it's, it's a, a massive piece of that is our environment that we grow up in. And, and then, but then we kind of settle on it and then we, we become very stringent and locked into this character analysis. And then it kind of like dictates the rest of our life. And the reality is that every single moment we have the potential to be anything, but the character analysis is what limits us. And, and that infinite potential to change is also the infinite potential to be anything and go beyond like the human limitations we believe there to be. So it's fascinating, like the idea of character analysis, like I've never really thought of that, but it's funny how we're doing it all the time. Like whether we're, we're like in an acting class, writing it down on paper, or just it's how we're expressing ourselves through our lives and, and whatnot. Like it's always happening and it's always extremely limiting at the same time. Ray is doubtful. That's the whole point, right? Like we're always just saying what we think the character's feeling. Right. And I wanted to actually bring that up because it's something that Sonny had made a TikTok about. And I thought it was just brilliant. I ran across it this morning and I wanted to talk about this because it was the insight that the brain is our ego. The processing of the brain is the words, the sound, the voice of the ego. It's just the processing of the brain. It's the function of that organ. And so it's not us and until we think it's us because then we can't differentiate right? We can't tell the difference between the, the function and our own process. There's a difference between our brain and our awareness, right? I just thought that was brilliant because it kind of goes back to one of the very first videos that I, I watched of Sonny's, which was about the brain doing its own thing and the kidneys doing their own thing, <laughs> each function just having its own function that we are basically just along for the ride, Right. And I thought that that was just brilliant. I would love if you could share that insight with everybody a little bit more. Yeah. Um, oh, man, the brain is the brain. The brain thinks it's so true. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, God, I wish I could think of how I came to that. But it's, you know, you know, it's just there all of a sudden. You're like, oh, this, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've always, I've always loved the human body. I think human beings are incredible. A species, our body does everything it can to survive no matter what, regardless of us. We literally, I mean, if you think about it, just the drugs that people put into their bodies that are not good, 
like alcohol, very common. Everyone's doing it in usually copious amounts. And our body's just like, no, we're going to, we're going to keep, we're literally killing ourselves. And our body is like, no, we're fighting to survive. Like I've always been so fascinated by the fact that this thing is taking care of me. This vehicle is taking care of me. And I'm like, that's so rad. I used to absolutely hate myself. I used to be very depressed, blah, blah, blah. Um, who has, I mean, you know, we've been there. We've all been there to some degree. Um, again, part of the journey, part of the process of figuring out who you are, AKA God, hello. So there was a time in my life that I really didn't like myself. And even during that time, my body loved me enough to do everything it could to keep me alive. If I got sick, it did everything it could to make me feel better. You know, like it's taking care, truly it's taking care of itself. <laughs> um, and of course we can help it by feeding it things that it likes to eat and, you know, that help it run. And I love something that uh, Ray had said in an earlier um, episode. Uh, the You said something about like someone asked you what food you should eat or whatever. And you said, whatever food gets you to the next insight. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I was like, yes, absolutely. I, uh, for a little while I was like vegan, which like, that was fun. It was a fun little moment. Um, and I still don't really eat a whole heck of a lot of meat, but more so because I don't trust the process of getting meat in this country very much I don't trust a lot of things in this country um <laughs> so if I like knew a farmer that like had a cow and he wanted to share I could be jiggy with that but I don't know I limit the rest of it but anyway you have issues with pink slime yeah <laughs> I know like I should just survive on spam I don't understand <laughs> ew <laughs> Um, but I, after going through that time of like restricting myself to what I'm allowed to eat, um, you know, dietary restrictions, it was, it was a great learning experience. I definitely got more comfortable and used to cooking for myself, which is great as an adult human being, a skill to have, please God learn how to cook. If you don't know how to cook, Jesus, <laughs> you got to take care of yourselves y'all. Um, eventually. Um, but so it was great for that regard, but I was like, why, why would I say I'm not allowed to do something? Cause that's, it's exactly, it's that identity. I identify as a vegan. Now I put a label on myself and this is what vegans eat. So this is what I'm allowed to eat. It's just kind of strange, you know? Um, so man, a tangent, where was, where did I even start this? We were talking about how your body takes care of you. And then we started yes. talking about uh, veganism and, and basically how we tend to get into a structure. Now, what I find really interesting is that when we get into veganism, when we get into different diets, and Andrew's talked about this numerous times, where it's just like, you know, I, I want to go down this road. So I'm going to follow all these specific rules for that diet, because this is how I envision myself and, I, and all of that. And then we end up losing balance in our life. We start to feel mm -hmm. a little off. We start to feel unhappy and un unfulfilled, right? Despite doing all the right things, we're still not feeling whole. And of course we're not because we're chasing something that's going to make us whole perceptually. So we can't do it. So for me, I was never able to quit smoking because it was good for mm -hmm. me. 
right? I had to quit smoking because it was drawing attention away from my life. Marijuana or? No, cigarettes. Cigarettes, okay. Yeah, no, marijuana is a different story. True, that's why I was curious. (laughs) Right, but it was just the fact that it was was a habit. I was addicted to the addiction. I was Mm -hmm. addicted to thinking about the addiction, right? It Mm -hmm. was removing me from my life. As soon as I saw that, cigarettes were gone. Right. But I couldn't do it unless it was relevant to, to me or to my body. Right. And as soon as I quit smoking, my awareness went through the roof. I, I was literally, I was just awake all the time, just vibrating with all this extra attention that had been drained into this part of my narrative. Right. And that led me to changing my diet. That led me to doing more exercise. That led me to doing other things. But it wasn't because I should. It's because I had all this excess awareness and my body just ate it up. She's like, oh, look how much space you have. Let me take that up for you. And it, it was all the things that, that my body had been communicating the whole time. But I was too busy with my ego to notice. To pay attention. The body is always communicating with us. It's incredible. I was, I was actually literally just yesterday, I was with my friend and I don't know what I did to myself, y'all, but I did something. I was leaning on the arm of his chair and it was just like a weird position. And all of a sudden I just had this like pain and then numbness in my arm. And I was like, oh my God, mayday, mayday, pay attention. You know, immediately all of my attention went to my body. And if we're so focused on all these other things, it takes a pain or it takes you know, it gets, it's almost like the body's like, I'm going to hurt you. (laughs) If you don't start listening to me, I'm going to make you listen to me, you know? And, and it's so interesting too, because really that I, with, with diet, with nutrition in general, I I don't like calling it diet. Everything is a diet and diet culture is kind of gross and puts a weird connotation on the word, but, um, everyone's, you know, food consumption and uh, well, consumption of everything, like it all affects our bodies and our bodies respond to all of it. And if you pay attention, you don't have to listen to someone else's words about what you should be eating, what you should be consuming and doing. And, you know, like if, if your body doesn't feel good when you weight lift, don't weight lift. If your body doesn't feel good when you eat red meat, don't eat red meat. If your body feels good when you do this, do this. You know, it's like, if you listen, you have all the answers. You always have all the answers. (laughs) But you have to trust that you have the answers and listen to yourself which is something it's like, you have to build trust with other people. You have to build trust with yourself too. Exactly. Yeah. And, and faith in yourself at the end mm-hmm. of the day too. And it's, it's funny. I was listening to a podcast a couple of days ago and it's two guys talking uh, and both of them are kind of into like the whole anti-seed oil trend. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but a lot of people are like very apparently seed oils, like, I don't know, was only sort of implemented into our diets about 50 years ago. And it's, it's, there's a lot of people think it's correlated to a lot of different things. And so they're talking about how they, they try to avoid it as much as they can, but a lot of times they can't in certain situations. And one of them brought up, he was like, yeah, you know, I, I used to be more into trying to avoid it, but I actually found out that stress is worse for you than basically anything that you could consume. So the stress of trying to avoid seed oils 
is significantly worse for you than the fucking seed oils. And I just like, I was on a walk and I just burst out laughing because they were going back and forth about it. And then they were, they were like, but actually stress is way worse. So like anyone who, and it comes back to faith in yourself or anything. It's like, if you're out to eat and you're like, Ooh, you know, I'm supposed to be eating this and not eating this. It's like that stress is worse for you right there. Like that's worse for you than anything you could consume. Like you freaking out about having a couple bites of cake. It's going to be way worse for you than eating like three more bites of cake and not freaking out. So just, just relax. Things are going to be okay. Like you have more power. The other aspect is you're letting go of your power. Like when people I've brought this up on past ones, when it comes to, you know, an example, and this isn't by any means, like the majority of vegans, but like, I've heard a couple examples of, of people who avoid eating meat because the animal is in a state of fear when it's killed and they don't want to consume the fear. And it's like, all right, well, you're forgetting about the power within you. Like you don't think you're powerful enough to overcome the fear of the animal that you're consuming. Like that seems like you're super limited and you have a very limited idea of yourself. So it's funny when, when all of those things come together and it's like, yeah, but at the end of the day, the stress is going to be worse for you than anything else. And the limitations you put on yourself and that the belittling of the power, like take some power back and recognize that you're more powerful than anything you consume. Like you will impact that far, far more than it will impact you. If you're coming at it from a place of faith in yourself. Yeah. And, and it's interesting too, because people will say, I won't eat that because of the anxiety of the animal and then walk around claiming they have an anxiety disorder. You know, they're like, I have anxiety, but I can't eat something else that has anxiety because that'll be bad for me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I was just talking about this with a friend the other day. Um, a new friend that I can actually talk about this stuff with, which is really good. I needed that um, <laughs> desperately. Um, but I was talking like, it's, it's all about identifying. You identify with, I have anxiety. And then you get, that's, that's just part of me. I have anxiety. I can't get over it. I have to take pills. Someone else has to help me. It's giving away your power. No, you you don't need someone else. You don't need big pharma. Good God, you don't need big pharma. I mean, I will say, and I'm sure, I think you guys have talked about this again previously um, in this podcast, but I do know people that have bipolar disorder and like pharmaceuticals really do help them regulate. I don't know enough alternative medicine that could help them to argue. You know, I wouldn't really put up a, an argument against pharmaceuticals for things like that and schizophrenia. Cause you know, I don't really know, but like, what if acceptance of it and understanding of it helped you cope? You know, like what if you understanding it, ah, this is cause you know, it's not the same, but I have ADHD. And while it's definitely not the same as like a schizophrenia or a bipolar disorder or something, well, <laughs> It's actually kind of really close to bipolar disorder. There's a lot of overlap, um, which I have questioned if I was bipolar, but I don't get that manic. Anyway, <laughs> um, like when I found out I had ADHD much later in life, honestly, not until the last couple of years, because um, I didn't, you know, I didn't know anything about it. 
I knew nothing about ADHD except for the stereotypical things that people said about boys that had ADHD. Um, and it doesn't look the same in men and women and, you know, and just from person to person, it's going to look different. But once I understood my ADHD, I could alleviate all of the things that I didn't know were happening before. You know, the more I understood myself, the easier it was for me to work with myself instead of constantly against myself. And that's something that everyone can do. So like, if you have an anxiety disorder, quote unquote, it's like, you have a chemical imbalance in your brain, but where are those numbers? Where's the statistics? Where are the, can you give me the chemicals? What's the balance? You know, like what, are, where, what is balanced? Cause everyone has a different one, right? My balance is going to be different from yours and vice versa and to anyone else. And that's true in every capacity of ourselves of our lives. My balance of socializing versus being alone is going to be different from yours. So like, how can you put any one thing for everybody? You simply couldn't because we're all having an individual experience. We're all in different meat suits that like different things. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and honestly, this is where I tend to have a, a difficulty with the, uh, the generalizations between uh, neuro, neurodivergent and neurotypical. Mm -hmm. Often you'll find somebody who is neurodivergent assuming somebody is neurotypical because they look a certain way or because they act a certain way. Yeah. Whereas that person themselves would say they mask. Mm -hmm. Almost everybody oh, yeah. does. Everybody oh, yeah. Does. Everyone's it's out here. Uniform. Masked. Absolutely. But we call that our ego. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's the whole point. And so it, it's just this spectrum of, of how much we're aware and how much sensitivity we have. And, and again, there's always this important factor of keeping it light. Like I, 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 when I was life coaching, I dealt with some people who dealt with bipolar disorder heavily. And one of the things that we used to always work on was just responsibility. It wasn't about avoiding the, the swing. It was about when you're in the swing, take accountability for it, right? It sucks. Fine. Where's it coming from, right? What are you holding on to? question it just take accountability for it and as they started doing that the swings lessened right and it was because their fear of the swing lessened so they were more they were more able to be sensitive as the change was happening and and feel it before it got out of control right and so that whole bipolar thing is really just about how much our mind is playing with us mm -hmm. without us having any accountability it's like that quote that the mind is a terrible master but a wonderful servant yes that's been on my mind so much lately because it really is the, uh, the, the one thing you that's the hardest thing to change is your mind. Cause you get stuck, you get comfortable. You, you know, every un, not knowing uncertainty is scary. Everything is scary. Everything is scary. If you let it be. Everything is scary if you let it be, if you allow yourself to be afraid of it, if, if you give away your power to that thing, right? It's, it's like, it's, if you, re I watched this documentary, I wish I could remember what it's called. I feel like it's called Heal or something like that. Um, and I watched it at, in 2020, like towards the beginning of quarantine. Um, and it was all about not relying on man-made medicine 
and the power of your mind to heal yourself. Absolutely incredible. I would recommend it to anyone that is interested, frankly. Um, But at that time, at that point in time, I had been taking uh, spironolactone, which is, um, I think, a blood pressure medicine, but it is also a testosterone suppressant um, because my body was producing way too much testosterone after I got off of hormonal birth control because that shit was whack. Y'all don't even... I'm not even going to get started on that because that's not the podcast. This isn't the space for it, but, uh, (laughs) um, but so I was taking this, uh, prescription every day and I hated it. I hated it the whole time, but without it, I had horrible cystic acne. Like I had literally never had in my entire life, even when I went through puberty, like never ever. And it was painful and I am an actor. And unfortunately that's, going to put me at a disadvantage because that's just the way that this industry is. And, you know, like kind of stupid, but whatever it is, the it's the way that it is. Um, and, it, and when I can change it, I will. Um, but I was so, it affected my self-esteem so much. And I was just like, I have to fix this and I have to get rid of it. So I turned to pharmaceuticals, whatever I'm taking them. I did it for like a year and then the pandemic hit. And I was like, you know what? No, one's going to see the bottom half of my face for a long time. I don't need to be taking this. Cause that was the only place it would happen anyway. You know, I was like, I'm not acting right now. I can find another way because I really don't want to rely on pharmaceuticals for the rest of my life, especially for something so unimportant, you know, like really acne is not a big deal. It's not something that affects my livelihood. It's not something that like gets in the way of me doing anything other than acting, unfortunately, which, you know, I just would have to figure something else out, I guess. I don't know. Um, But I watched this documentary and I was like, I was fired up. I was like, that's it. I threw them away that night. As soon as it was over, I was like, I'm done with this shit. And every, like, I definitely had like some issues initially when I first stopped because my body was like, we're changing things again. You know, like the chemistry is changing. We need to figure out what's going on. Um, And I just kept like doing things that it had said, you know, just like thinking about it before I went to bed for like five minutes. I just like thought about the sensation of my facial skin healing, just paying attention, just listening to the body, giving it your attention, giving it your focus. And like, I, I mean, Hey, she's good now, you know, like (laughs) it obviously works. And I like every, every time people tell me they need something I'm like no you don't I understand the feeling and the desperation of it but that's what it is it's desperation it's not a real need it really isn't there's always another way I shouldn't say always that's not fair but there's usually another way yeah yeah and it's like could it be that you thinking that you need something outside of yourself is the thing perpetuates the issue perpetuating yeah. the issue a little bit so is that for you because like face looks amazing right Thanks. now at least <laughs> as far as i can tell on on video was that the main thing was just the focus and and do you think the letting go of of any idea of yourself could have had an impact because i find like i know ray has 
pretty nice skin. Like my skin stays pretty decent and I don't do any sort of facial stuff. I use a fucking bar of soap in the shower once a day. And so like, you know, we don't cling to many things. So I'm curious if there's, you know, any sort of correlation with that. Cause that's what I mention to people sometimes. It's like, you know, when you let go, you're, you're kind of your external mirrors, your internal to a degree, I think that, that's yeah, 100%. probably proven in some way, but I'm, I'm curious for you, if you've noticed that at all. Um, I love that you asked that because the, when I was going back and forth with myself, which is the only way I process anything, when I was going back and forth with myself about, should I get rid of it? Is it something I need? You know, I had this moment where I was like, you know what, Sonny, the worst case scenario is that you have acne and I'm going to love you then too. So we're going to get rid of it. And if there's not another way, there's makeup, you know, like it'll be all right. I literally was like, it will not take away your value. It's not going to make people dislike you. If the worst thing that happens is you get acne, that's not too bad. You know, I had this like conversation with myself and I was like, why are we attached to this look? Because the worst that can happen is I look different. Okay, fine. And then we deal with that. And I mean, like, I definitely did do other things that are good for my skin. Like, you know, I have a face routine that I stick to because everyone has different skin types. Again, it's an organ. All of our bodies are going to be different. Um, so I did start doing things for myself. I make my own face stuff. Like I don't buy it. I don't fuck with chemicals all that much. Um, so I make my own stuff. So it's cheap anyway. I have it. It's like easy to do. It's like boom, boom, boom. And I think that ritual of it eases any anxiety I could have about the thing. And all that anxiety is from attaching to the idea of myself being this body, of myself being what I look like, of my value being tied to what I look like. And as soon as you let go of that, it's like, you know, it's fine if I have acne and then you don't get acne. It's so funny, right? Because all of Acceptance. a sudden you find awareness and you find your own path. And what I find is really interesting, and, and this is true for uh, Reiki as well. I don't know if you have any experience with-, with... I'm a certified Reiki healer. Perfect. Um, so. In, in studies, they have found that Reiki is more beneficial than a placebo. Mm-hmm. And it's because of how much we're involved. It's because yeah. of our, our commitment to the process that as it's happening, our ability to feel it happening. And I think the yeah. same would be true for making your, your own facial cream or making your own food, mm-hmm. right? Like I love to cook. I love, I love cooking from scratch and it always ends up tasting better than it would otherwise, right? Well, why? Well, I could say, well, all the ingredients are the same, but I'm different, mm-hmm. right? The process is different as a result of my attention on it. And this is something that we were talking about over the weekend in terms of the miraculous, right? And how much does our state of awareness affect what we commonly look at as physicality? Because just as you were saying about stress can cause sickness and stress can work against the body. And we're talking about awareness and more importantly, the state of awareness that is also relaxed because awareness and relaxation have to go hand in hand being healthy for the body, that the body actually starts to reflect the state of mind that is going on within it. So you actually start to look a little younger because you don't feel so old, mm-hmm. right? What's the, the boundary there? 
in terms of possibility, exactly how much influence does our state of mind have yeah. over what we're physically witnessing or we're physically experiencing? And, and here's the thing that's interesting, again, is that the placebo is so powerful. Like there was a of study course. that was done with this, uh, basically it was a placebo and they told the guy, this will cure your cancer. And it did. And then he Probably. went home and he ended up seeing on the news that the test was a placebo and he ended up dying two weeks later because he found out that it wasn't real. So you start thinking about like, why aren't we talking about that? Like, because we can't quantify. Now we have to start talking about levels of awareness. Now we have to start talking about clarity as if it's a quantitative measurement, which we just don't know how to do. Right. And so what we're talking about here, and this is why I love this conversation, is how important it is to be enthusiastic about these questions, enthusiastic about everything in your life, enthusiastic about questioning, because the enthusiasm is what's healing you. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's interesting, too. I feel like awareness, the, the thing that we are, you know what I mean, the thing that we are, um, I feel like with Reiki and with, you know, that, like it, the attention, the focus, the energy that you're putting into it is the magic. That's God. That's the miracle is your attention is your energy, your life force, if you will, Reiki, Ray universal force, key life force. Like it's the two uniting and coming together. And I think, honestly, I feel like the only reason that Reiki would be more powerful than the placebo effect is because it's not just your attention. It's mine, too, or it's theirs, too. So it's, it's multi, yeah, exactly. It's not just one of our attentions. It's double time. And I've, I went to this Reiki retreat, and oh, my God that you can feel the energy moving through the circle of people. And like when you have multiple people laying hands on someone, it's the shit Jesus was talking about. It's Jesus healing the blind. You know, it's that whole, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I started doing it and I was like, I am God. <laughs> Not like in like a ego way, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Oh, we know what you mean. I just want to toss in here quickly that there will be Reiki at the retreat as well, because I never talk about this, but I am a certified Reiki master. Yes. As much as that, that entire title is laughable and, yeah. and it makes no sense whatsoever. Can do it. Exactly. It, it really, all it means is that, you know, I've spent the time to learn what the system was. So that way I can abandon the system and go beyond into what it was trying to point to. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, yeah, I'm very excited because it's not even just in laying in laying of hands. If, if I have found yeah. over over my existence that the more I let go of myself, the more everything is Reiki. Everything is is yeah. the flow from one person to the other, including yeah. this discussion. Yeah, everything is. I mean, everything is everything, right? I was I I wrote this thing that I may turn into a TikTok. I don't know um, if I I anytime I write something. I get in my own way. My ego goes, we can't post that. You put effort into it. What if it's not liked? And I'm like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> um, but I talked about just that, you know, I talked about like when I'm alone, 
I recognize that I'm not because I'm everything, everywhere, all at once. Have you seen that movie? Everything, everywhere, all at once? Yeah, I, I watched anything. it recently. It, I was watching that movie and I was like, is everyone else getting it like I'm getting it? Are we getting it? <laughs> They're not. They're not. I was like, people are thinking this is like a really cool idea. And I'm like, guys, this is, this is what's happening. <laughs> I was just like itching. I saw it like three times. I didn't, I was like, yeah, you want to see it? I'll take you to it. We'll go right now. The more people want to see it, let's go. <laughs> that and y'all talk, have talked about free guy. Same thing. I was like. <laughs> yeah. Free, free guy. I have seen, I I've yet to see everything everywhere all at once, but I have gotten it recommended to me probably like a hundred times in comments and, and DMS and whatnot. But one thing I, I wanted to bring up with when it comes to attention and the idea of, of like a, a, when Reiki happens, it's like double attention on a situation. And it's funny how it's kind of pervaded into our society, our attention and focus on our idea of ourself so much, like how much that has influenced our entire society. And it's like, we've taken our attention away from the whole or from each other, even not in like a judgmental way, but in more so of a caring and, and considerate way for, you know, the planet that we actually are, you know, just the earth wandering around existence, wandering around. We're so caught up inside of our minds that we can't even see what's going on around us. And it's like the, uh, Ray, what's the movie idiocracy? Like that's where we're going. Like that's, that's where it's funny. I don't know if you've seen idiocracy, but it's basically like these, you, you gotta see it. Cause it's like the, basically two people who get frozen and they're like average people in the present day, they get frozen 500 years later. They're like by far the smartest people on earth because we've become so damn stupid. And there's like a garbage mountain is one of the things and and like the president's an absolute maniac and it, you got to see it. I'm not going to give too much away, but it just shows how much like the potential, if we keep going on the path that we're on of attention on fictions, on ideas, on belief systems, on narratives, on fucking fairy tales at the end of the day is what all of it is as that happens, like it's destruction all around us. Like shit's hitting the fan left and right. And we're like, so caught up in the idea of ourselves and like what that person thinks of our color shirt. We can't even like pick our head up and it's, it's fascinating, but like that attention, like energy goes where attention or attention goes where energy flows or backwards whatever it was but attention goes yeah yeah exactly yeah and, and that's what we're seeing so but you know we have the power to to shift that and as we shift the world shifts so that's all we got to do at the end of the day but it's fascinating to see how much of an impact that attention has on our our lives and society yeah it's it's interesting too you bring up uh just like how our attention to like who we are I've been thinking a lot about um the story of Maya um you know we are the story of like God creating this and then putting itself on it and forgetting it's God um 
it's really interesting that for everyone, the question, who am I, is a huge driving question throughout their entire lives. Almost like God was like, what if I just make myself curious about it, but don't give myself the answers? We're fucking with ourselves. We're just here to have a good time. Like, and all of the things that happen, you know, merrily, 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 life is but a dream, right? It's all a dream and we're in control of all of it. I was watching Inception the other day and I was like, if only I could bend the world like that. I feel like I'd need more than one me to do that, you know? It'd be crazy if we could do that. If just like a whole group of people, but <laughs> that'd be insane. Um, I don't think that works physically, um, but. I just want to say once again, the Beyond Believe workshop is now available online where we actually <laughs> had this conversation about, that. about what is possible because you're right. One person couldn't do it, but one awareness could because that's all there is. And so we talked about this a little bit in terms of Jesus and his apostles. Everybody always focuses on Jesus, right? But there was no Jesus nor there was, was there any apostles. And so all we had was a group of bubbles that suddenly came together and bubbled a little higher to the surface. And everybody's like top, pointing at the top of the bubble, but it's everything around the bubble that makes the bubble. It's all the people that were involved, all the people that saw what he was saying and applied it to themselves. And so all of a sudden, this, this commitment we have to reality being solid started to waver. All of a sudden, they were able to maybe shift it a little bit more. The water to wine thing is my favorite because everybody at that wedding knew him. So they were in similar mentality. How easy would it be knowing you're everybody to just change your mind about what's to drink? Right? But it's that perception of separation. And as long as we're committed to that perception of separation, that perception of physicality, we, we're powerless, right? Because we can't see how we're connected. It's kind of like, um, asking my thumb who it is it's gonna go well i'm a thumb right but it's it's all of me there's no division it's just it can't it hasn't made that leap of insight to see it's larger than the perception of itself yeah yeah we're all thumbs man <laughs> just a bunch of thumb thumbs <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's a fun conversation to have i've had it many times with like in person with my, with my buddies about it. And like one of the, one of the examples I try and use when they're like, well, you know, I can hear my thoughts and you can't hear my thoughts. And my counter to that is, well, they're just thoughts and you're the one making them your thoughts. They're just noises that you can hear. If you're on, you know, a mile away from me and you hear a bird chirping and you start identifying with that bird and you're like, see, see, this is my voice and it's like dude that's a bird and i'm just too far away to hear it like it's a proximity thing but just because you know say for example similar to ray's example is if you're walking around and you stub your toe and your hand doesn't feel it it's like oh you know it must be separate it must be different things it's like well no it's just a it's just a proximity thing it's just a difference in location without any division but we just perceive the division and and with that even like sonny you were talking about this before with like the body functioning and like our heart beats itself our kidneys kidney our our 
digestive tracts digest. And it's like, that's all within what we think we are within our body, but we're not controlling that either. And we're not controlling the environment. So we're not controlling really anything. And we're reacting and responding to our environment every single moment, whether we think we are or we aren't like we hear, you know, we even you're on YouTube and you, a video pops up. It's about, you know, how carbs are bad for you. And all of a sudden you start doing keto for like a week. And it's like, mm-hmm. did you choose to do keto? Did you choose to have that video pop up in front of you? It's like, no, you're not choosing any of this really. So it's like, you know, where do you end and where do you begin? And and it gets, it gets gray, but we, we think we know, and, and we don't even think about it that much. And, and we're not controlling the internal as much as we think we're not controlling the external as much as we think, but it's still, so it really is just an idea that exists somewhere inside of our head, outside of our head, who knows, but it, it really you you're able to recognize more clearly that it really is just a concept and, and where we end ending at our skin. That's just limitation. That's just us identifying as ending at our skin. You know, it's fascinating, but I, I like the to, conversation. I had to bring this up because what you're saying there is exactly why I love star Wars, right? Because Anakin Skywalker did bring balance to the force. Everything that he went through, including becoming Darth Vader, brought him to the moment where he killed the emperor. It was all part of the story. It had to happen the way that it did. Yeah, it happened. It happens the way that it's going to (laughs) happen. And it's interesting, you know, I feel like even the choices that we do make, you know, whether, whether it be to go out or not to go out, little things like that can only affect the experience we're going to have on the way. To where we're going to end up we're all going to end up in the same place and that's in the ground or you know as a tree or you know whatever um but andrew it's interesting uh you, were, you brought up your friend was like well you can't hear my thoughts or i don't know friend if maybe a loose <laughs> loose term but um was saying well you can't hear my thoughts they're not your thoughts it's your brain functioning the way your brain functions and you're identifying with it so i can't hear your brain I don't have it. I have the brain in this vessel. And on top of that, how many times are you with people that you're close with and you have the same thought at the same time and you say it at the same time? So can't I hear your thoughts? You see, if I do, I think they're mine. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point, right? Because we can't stop possessing everything that happens to us, right? We attach to it like it belongs to us rather than it's just part of us in motion, right? So that's that's fascinating. That's exactly the point. It's just, the entire perception of division is just a perception. It's just a perception, but it's a necessary perception. If we don't perceive division, there's no experience, but mm-hmm. the depth of our commitment to that perception, to, to that perception of division is what exacerbates our fear and exacerbates our anxiety and all of the conflict that goes with that. It's not the division itself. It's just how much we were committed to it being truth. Mm-hmm. And attachment, people get attached to things. So to things, to other people, to outcomes of anything. And it's like the second you get attached to that outcome, anything that gets in the way of it is going to seem like the end of the world. And those could be missed opportunities taking you in the direction 
you really should be going or a direction that's, you know, in flow as opposed to salmon swimming upstream to die. <laughs> yeah. It's like your opinion of how you think things should go is going to exacerbate your suffering on the path mm-hmm. of how things are going. It's going to ruin the experience. Always going. Exactly. Because yeah. because our idea of how things should go is always in the future, but we're experiencing how things are going. We are how things are going. So it's it's fascinating, you know, on the topic of something like manifestation, you know, thinking and and wanting and desiring this thing to happen, thinking that we somehow... I talked about this in our, in our workshop this weekend, but like our experience as you know, this ego identity is so fucking limited. Like mm-hmm. I've been exit. Andrew's been around for 27 years. And to think when I know deep down that I'm the eternal awareness of existence that existed forever to think that I know what's best for me relative to eternity and all the intelligence and all of existence for all of eternity that I think I know that, you know, say I want a, a bigger house. Like you really think, you know, that's what's best for you, bro. Like you're, you're, you're going up against infinite fucking intelligence. Like, give me a fucking break. Like it's, it's absurd. And, and it's only when you recognize that, because as long as you think you are this, you don't see that you're something bigger and there's, there's, more at play here and you don't have to do anything you don't have to want that thing it will happen perfectly seamlessly and your idea of how you think it should happen is only going to add suffering to your life that desire for how you think things should go and how you want things to go is only going to take away from your experience it's not going to improve it or help you reach your potential like your potential is being reached the more you let go and it's going to be reached more quickly and and potentially to a quote unquote higher degree, the more you let go. But we don't think that way because we're so fucking caught up in thinking that we are what we think we are. Yeah. And it's interesting. It kind of begs the question, are, is setting goals really good for us? Is it really good for us to set goals that maybe we won't achieve or won't achieve in the way that we think we're supposed to achieve. It's like you're setting this framework for how your life is supposed to go. I've never been good at setting goals. You know, I'm like, I don't know. I want to get there someday. Maybe be cool. Like with acting, it'd be so cool to get paid to do something that I love. You know, that'd be sick. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to be doing something else. Aren't I? I want to be doing something. I'm going to be making some, some money somehow. Don't know how I don't, I have this job now who knows what will happen in a couple months. I don't know where I'm going to be. But I'm gonna we do that. know that change is cumulative. Yeah. That's the thing, right? Like everything that we do adds to everything that we do later. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll share this example quickly. We were talking uh, before the episode about the new intro video that, uh, that I had developed for our workshop over the weekend. And if anybody hasn't seen it, we tossed it on YouTube so you can take a look. It's a new intro video for dualistic unity as a whole, but it's kind of zooming out through these images of people praying in different variations or people worshiping. And then it zooms right out through an eyeball and you see the dualistic unity uh, logo and then it kind of zooms out and it becomes our logo as a whole. So it's, it's cool, it's neat. It comes right out of the eyeball. It looks, it looks really good. That is all because at one point in my life, I ran a web design and marketing company, 
had ambitions of making it huge, learned all these new skills, and then five years later, shut it down and started life coaching. So the skills still remain, right? And here they are. Suddenly they manifest and it's towards something else that I'm doing now. And this is going to manifest towards something else. And this is just the way that life goes. But if you look at every endeavor that doesn't get to the fruition that you thought it would as a failed mm -hmm. attempt, you're never going to use those skills because you're going to beat yourself up for never having used those skills. And you're going to convince yourself that they're useless. Whereas yeah. if you don't do that, you will find a way to use them. And I think that that's true. We, we, we do that in a lot of different capacities in our lives and career and relationship. People will be in a relationship with someone for three years and get to a point where they really don't fit into each other's lives in the same way they did three years ago. But because they've attached themselves to the idea that this has to work out, like we've been together for three years, we have to get married. That's what happens. Otherwise, this was all for nothing. Oh, my God, what an insult to your relationship. What an insult to this person you've spent three years with. You haven't learned anything. You haven't grown at all. You haven't enjoyed a single moment of your life. Like, don't do that. Don't diminish everything just because it didn't go the way you thought it would go or you wanted it to go. I, I heard this somewhere or read this somewhere or whatever. Um, but this idea of holding life with open hands, which is... If it comes, it comes. And if it goes, it goes. And like, the more you grasp onto something going, the more you're gonna get pulled in a direction you, that maybe you're not supposed to be going. And then it's gonna take you some time to get back to center where you can hold your hands out again. It's really, it's that attachment. It's that this is, it has to go the way that I think it's gotta go. This is, you're white knuckling through life. You got to lighten up on the reins. Enjoy the ride. More often than not, we're not in the driver's seat. Look out the window. Check out the view. You see in this, there's mountains outside my window. That's crazy. Like there's so much to appreciate and to enjoy. And we focus on the things that we don't have or the things that we want the lack that we perceive, ah, it's like the human condition. <laughs> it's fascinating because we, we don't see our value now mm -hmm. because we're caught up in, a, in an idea. We, we see ourselves as an idea, so we don't see the value that we are. If we were to recognize that we're the internal intelligence of the universe, you know, what could be possibly more valuable than that, but we see ourselves as this little me with perceived flaws and ideas of what we're good and bad at strengths and weaknesses, opinions about ourselves and about others and, and all of these things. So, you know, of course we're going to think not appreciate what we have because we, we are caught up in a fairy tale. We're caught up in a fiction of what we think we are. And, and if we were able to see and and so like one of the most common things I say is like, you're perfectly whole and complete exactly as you are right now. And it's obvious to someone who recognizes that they aren't what they think they are, but it doesn't always hit for people who are caught up in illusions, in the illusion of, of what they think they are in the conceptual, in ideas about them, you know, hating themselves or like, how could I be? Cause I'm, I've done all these terrible things or this happened to me, or I've, I've 
failed at this so many times. It's like, yeah, but that's not you. <laughs> so that's an idea. It's, it's not what you are. And so that's, that's why, that's why we have this conversation is to just for anyone who's willing to hear it or has gotten to a point where they can't take it anymore. It's, it's here. Cause it's, it's not what you are and you don't have to keep holding on to that. You can let go. You can hold life with, with open hands. You just said, I love that by the way. <laughs> it really, I just love the visual, right? Like the other day I was holding a baby bird. Uh, with gloves on because I didn't want to get my human stank on it I don't know if gloves is better but I don't know <laughs> it was it was what I did so um but it had fallen we at at the place that I work it's outside so there's like bird nests up in the lights and it had fallen out of its nest and we like took it out of the like drive through area and like put it in a little box and I was holding it and I was like if I close my hands right now I'd kill this bird if I held too tightly onto this bird because I love it so much, it was so cute. I was like, oh my God, I love you. I kept petting it. I was like, you're safe, dude. You are going to be fine. Like everything is chill. And I was like, he could fly away and I would be so happy for him. I would be like, hell yeah, dude, get up there. Get up to your parents, <laughs> like get to your family or don't shoot, fly away. You can fly, get going. And it was just like this moment of, ah, that's what it is. That's what I've been needing to do. You know, like if I can do it with this, I can do it with anything. Nice. Clarity and empathy, they go hand in hand. It gets a little excessive though, I'll admit. I mean, I'm at the point now where I'm saving snails. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Like I'm, 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 I was walking down the street this morning, and, and it rains a lot here on the island, and and all of a sudden the rain will stop, and it starts to dry up, and these poor snails who have no idea what's going on are stuck in the middle of the road as it's getting hot. I'm like, oh, buddy, so I got to stop and like help it off, and you know, find a shady spot. It gets excessive, let's just say, right? But it's, it's what we should be doing. I mean, it's what we were doing before monotheism and the rise of society as it were right if we look back at tribal society the reason that we live tribally is so that we could live in balance with our environment so that way if it changed we had to change so we were immediately affected by it therefore aware of it right mm -hmm. it's kind of like when what andrew was saying in terms of like a root system when it's growing it's not thinking like i want to go over there it's adapting to whatever is coming across on its way. Well, the same is true for evolution. The, the creatures that continue to evolve and, and thrive as the world changes are not the creatures who are thinking, I wonder how the world's gonna change in hundred years. They're the ones that are paying attention to what's happening today. They're the ones that are actually in, in alignment with the change as it happens. They're not just intellectually thinking about it, which is terrifying in some ways when you think about how we're tackling climate change. Mm -hmm. Oh, by 2050, uh, by, by 2100, by, uh, 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 it's like, okay, let, let's just be honest here. Like you're just playing politics at the end of the day. I mean, here in Canada, uh, back in 2019, Justin Trudeau, who everybody loves, we know, um, decided to promise that he was going to plant, I think it was like 2 billion trees by 2030, right? It's been three years and there's 20 million trees planted. So there's still another 2 billion approximately to go and he's running out of time, right? But the point is, this is never going to happen. And it's just a political playing piece. It's just us going, oh, don't worry, we got this. Nothing ever goes wrong in Whoville, right? And Ooh. that is what's happening. 
is that we are just putting on our sunglasses and pretending like the light's not changing, right? And it is changing. And the more of us that are aware of it, the more of us are starting to adapt to it, which is why we're getting these, these opinions and, and these perceptions of the system and these conversations are happening is because it's necessary. Just like anything else in nature, just like uh, in the Amazon, nature decided to fix the plastic problem by developing a mushroom that breaks down plastic. We are essentially the same thing just incredibly adaptive to everything it, the body does everything it can to survive including adapt i was thinking i was thinking about how far that could go like yes the food that we eat here in america i i can't speak for the rest of the world obviously i don't live there um but the food that we eat here is like you know more or less shit you know, it's just like not great. Um, there's chemicals and everything. It's all genetically modified to look a certain way, to be appealing to the eye, to be this, that, and the other thing, because people have decided that that's what it's supposed to be. That's what, if it says organic, that means it's good. No, it doesn't. No, it's a lie. It's all propaganda. It's for money and you're falling for it. If you want organic, go to the farmer's market. That's the closest thing you're going to get. And it's interesting, too, because people will talk about climate change. And, and listen, I do hear the argument that corporations need to be doing something about their contribution. Absolutely. But I'm tired of people using that as a scapegoat to not do what they could be doing. It's always, but the corporations produce more than, well, why don't they? Do you need that soda? Do you need that new shirt? Do you need, like, are you really recycling? Because reduce is the first part of that. And then reuse and recycle last on the list of things. So what are you doing? Oh, but it's not me. Other people, the rich people need to fix it. The corporations need to fix it. And I agree, they have much more means to do so. So it would be nice to get some freaking help. It would be nice if they didn't produce more of an issue, but who's they? Absolutely. We are. Mm -hmm. That's it. I just, I don't want to look at myself as they because they're wrong. Mm -hmm. And if I'm they, then I have to look at myself. I don't want to do that. Right. But it, it's so very interesting because on the one hand, it's like, yeah, okay. Stopping the corporations is going to make a big dent in the problem, but they have the least reason to stop. They are quite literally doing what the system has told them to do. They're mastering the game, right? Why would they stop? There, there's no reason for them to stop. We've made the perfect environment for them to feel like they're winning, right? Whereas if we change the environment, right? If we were to suddenly change the rules of the game, everything would change. I was, I was having a conversation with somebody up here in, in British Columbia, and we were talking about uh, reconciliation with the Indigenous in terms of Canadian government. And they were saying, well, you know, what's one thing that we could do that would immediately make a change? And I said, make every chief a member of parliament. Immediately. Right. All of a sudden, the entire game changes. Right. They're no longer pandering to a certain class or a certain type of person. Everybody has a say. Right. So now politics changes from the ground up. Right. But we have to start thinking in terms of those large sweeping changes. But that means that we have to start pissing off the people who benefit from not changing. Well, and it's like, how could we 
get them to stop doing what they're doing. Stop participating in it. The more you consume, the more they're going to produce. That's how it works. If you're going to keep giving them your money, they're going to keep doing it because they like taking your money. We like taking. (laughs) It gives me value. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly. Ah, The things we identify with, it's silly. We identify with our bodies, but not too much. And then we identify with the money that we have. And we identify with the things that we have, the degree that we have, the, it's just like, can't these just be parts of a whole? Can't these just be something, you know, isn't, it doesn't have to be like, this is me now. No one don't perceive me any other way interesting we stop ourselves from so much we get in our own way so much when we do it oh yeah constantly it's fascinating how much we identify with and and think brings us value and like it it never does also is the thing like people get hung up on like different brands and all this sort of bullshit thinking like other people care about it. And it's, it's like, yeah, I guess to a degree, other people who think that that stuff brings them value, think you have more value now because of it. But at the end of the day, like usually those aren't the types of people you're trying to attract and that you're playing the same game as them. So like Ray and I made these stickers um, and we each had a quote on it and I, put them up around New York for the most part. And we sent them out to some Patreon members as well to put them up in, in their cities and towns. And, and mine said, you are perfectly whole and complete exactly as you are right now. And Ray said, the thoughts you suffer through aren't about you. They're about the illusion of you. And so they, they kind of tie in together because you don't think you're whole and complete because you're caught up in thinking you are what you think you are. And so I, I went around and a lot of them were in like, I, I wanted to hit high traffic areas, especially like high shopping sort of areas. So like Soho in New York is just the little area right below me, like a few blocks south of me. And so I put up a lot over there because there's so much shopping and like so many massive brands. And it's like the only reason anyone gets a brand type item. And it's not to say, you know, I have all different sorts of products and stuff, but I rarely buy new clothes. It's like really out of necessity. Like this has it's in the armpit. So I won't show you, but like this shirt has plenty of plenty of holes in it, but, um, the, uh, it's, it's fascinating how much we think that those things derive us value because we don't see our value, our inherent value. Like that's what it comes down to is we think we can gain value from something outside of us. And, and like the second half of that sort of like thing, I always say you're perfectly whole and complete exactly as you are right now. There's nothing you can ever possibly do to make yourself more or less complete than you are right now. No matter what you do, yeah, it's not going to make you less complete, but it's also not going to make you more complete. So stop fucking trying so hard for things to like get things outside of yourself to give yourself value through external. Like you don't even have to like love yourself. You just have to recognize it. Just have to recognize what you already are. The recognition is all that matters. And then Keep moving forward. You're already there. You're already it. You've already done everything you could possibly do. Now, now just keep moving forward, knowing that you're whole and complete. That's it. And keep it light. 
keep it light. Like, I can't say that enough. This is why, Sonny, this is why we invited you on the show is because you embody that in so much of your content. Like you are easy to laugh, that you're easy to self-reflect, right? You're self-honest. You can laugh at yourself. Like I tend to laugh at myself. I said this over the weekend in, in the workshop that sometimes I'm a dumbass, sometimes I'm brilliant, sometimes I'm a brilliant dumbass. Like all of it's in there, right? And as long as you're willing to look at all of that, not define yourself by it, show the empathy, right? You'll find the humor in the absurdity. You'll find, you know, a little bit of, of the funny and how things tie together and how they lead to other things. But it's always in that state of clarity. And you can't maintain that state of clarity when you start taking things too seriously, yeah. when you start making them, especially, you know, a priority over everything else. Like, and as much as I'm for global change, and I am, I'm for changing all of this. None of it changes unless we do. Exactly. Yeah. I, uh, I had this past week, I just, the story, the plot line thickened y'all. The story got crazy this last week. And, um, and I was just, you know, a little attached to it, you know, just feeling afraid for my life definitely puts me in a, you know, survival mode, right? Um, egos on high gear during that time. Right. So, so I just had this, you know, this threat and I was like, okay, scared. And I was just having, I like reached out to a couple of friends to see if I could stay with them. And they said, no, uh, or they, they were like, you can stay for like a night, but it like, doesn't work for me the rest of the week. And I was like, I can't safely stay in my home. And you're not like, I had this moment where I was like, what? <laughs> Why would you say no? But whatever, you know, boundaries. Hey, I respect them. Um, and I ended up finding a place to stay. So it wasn't a problem anyway. But but I had this like breakdown, this like incredibly intense, emotional, like cathartic experience of like finally really feeling the fullness of the fear that I had that I was like avoiding to like while I was trying to figure things out and, you know, whatever. Um, and I, as I'm, I actually recorded it, I was going to put it on TikTok, but I don't know if I'm going to do that because it's a lot of emotion and not everyone can handle that. Um, which maybe I'll put a disclaimer or, you know, fuck it. I'll just assault people with my emotion. <laughs> um, it's cause it's real. Like I've, I don't know why in the middle of like trembling and shaking and just violently sobbing I was like I'm gonna film this um <laughs> god and I'm you it's literally I'm talking to myself out loud because it, it's the body the body is having that experience the emotions are in the body it's not me it's the the mind is part of the body and the mind and the body are are all what's going through it I'm the one sitting there going it's gonna be okay we're gonna be okay it's okay right here literally in in the video at through violent sobs it's so funny I watched it and I was like laughing at myself <laughs> like crying a little bit too because I was like oh girl that's sad um <laughs> but like in the video I'm like right here right now we are safe like right here right now there is nothing to worry about you have a place to stay tonight you're good until the next moment when we you know and we'll move from there but in this moment, everything's good. We're cool. We're chilling in our car. We can turn on some music, you know, like, and just being there for my body, being there for this thing that I think I am, 
and comforting through the story that it's attached to is that's something I extend to everyone else. And the last person I ever learned to extend it to is myself. And when I started extending it to myself, everything changed because everyone around me, I noticed, started doing that too. It's, it's like what we say on here all the time. You're the thing, you're the thing. The one thing you can have any sort of power over is yourself and yourself is everything. You have all the power in the universe all of the time. And it doesn't have to be, oh, I'll, I'll quit tomorrow or, or Monday I'll start working out or, or I'll, I'll, set a, I'll set this for myself. And then as soon as that day comes, I'll, why not right now? You're scrolling through TikTok. You see a mobility exercise and you go, wow, my knees are shit. I should do that. Why not right now? But no, you keep scrolling. <laughs> why don't we attach to those thoughts <laughs> it's a whole zen thing right if not now when it's always now right and you're always if you're going to push it off that's all you're going to end up developing is the talent for pushing things off yeah. right if you want to get better at making decisions make more decisions um one thing that you said that i found really interesting because i've had this thought numerous times in my life is that because emotions are are quite intense they're very intense they're they're not un, uh, they're not unlike uh, tripping balls on a lot of hallucinogens. Like it's just so much yeah. that's happening. And, and what's funny is that when we're young and we're going through that, we ask somebody else to be there for us. And it's their voice of clarity or empathy or calm that helps us kind of just ride out that wave. And then as we get older and we start to find our own clarity, if we start to find our own clarity, it's our voice that comes through that cacophony of, of emotion and sound and chaos and everything else. And it's almost like we're looking to the universe, like Jesus Christ, help me through this. And we're the ones answering our own prayers. We're the voice of God talking to ourselves as and this incarnation goes through that experience or that part of the process. I find that so interesting because as that continues on, eventually the self dialogue ends eventually there's no voice to listen to or even ask there's there's nothing except just the, the willingness to be the process and the removal of all opinion about that process and then that's a totally different and very weird place to be because then you can take in anything nothing offends you nothing throws you off so you're always able to find another insight another bridge another connection another way to empathize right and so going down that far enough always in the now because we can't try to change in the future. We're always here, right? What would the world become? What would the world become? And we talked about this again over the weekend. Like if everybody in the world were to feel 50% less doubt, imagine how much would change in a single day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I was gonna bring up a point about um, emotions and like sometimes when we talk about emotions and how like we're not, our emotions, not our thoughts, not or or the awareness of it. People take that as like, oh, so you're saying I shouldn't feel my emotions or shouldn't, you know, accept them. And it's like, no, because the reality is that is your reality. And if you don't accept them, you're resisting them. And what you resist persists. The thing is, though, that we have a narrative about our emotions. With every emotion comes a narrative and a thought on top of it. And we think, oh, this is 
you know, a bad emotion, or this is a good emotion, or this is this emotion or, or that emotion. And, and that's where you can question it. It's not the feeling itself. It's your thoughts about it. And that's what it always is. And so as you're able to question those and, and realize like, all right, I'm feeling this and I have thoughts about it. Like, it, you know, the classic nervousness versus excitement, essentially same feeling. It's just your perception of it. It's your thoughts about it. And so as you question the thoughts, as you question what it comes down to at the end of the day is questioning the idea of yourself, because as you question that and that question that into oblivion, there's nothing left to harm you. There's nothing left to be nervous about because nerves stem from thinking that there's a possibility of you losing worthiness or you losing value through an experience that you have. And once you recognize that that's impossible, the nerves don't feel quite the same way. They're still, they're still there. They still come up, but you accept them and you recognize they're just a feeling and you don't have to take them as seriously as you used to, because you recognize all of these other aspects of, of how whole and complete you are already are, how you are everything in the situation that you're nervous about. You're not this little me that's separate from the situation, that's separate from the people you're with, that's separate from the reality of your experience. So as you recognize all of those things, you have a different take on all of those emotions. But when you're feeling them, absolutely feel them, fully accept them as they are, allow them to pass through you because it's only through acceptance that they pass, but you don't have to layer on all of these thoughts and judgments and even labels about whether they're good or bad. Cause as long as you label it as bad, you're going to resist it and try and get rid of it. Mm -hmm. But as you see that it just is, you can let it be. Yeah. And I think also, again, like what you're saying, the issue, the issue is in attaching your identity to the emotion. Like I'm depressed. No, you're not, but you might be feeling depression. You might be experiencing a depression. I'm angry. No, but we're feeling it. You know, like we, we attach ourselves to it and don't let it, like you said, just be what it is. Just be an experience that we're experiencing. And I, I saw this video. I, it was a while ago, but someone said something along the lines of like, Actually, you know what? It might have been Ray. <laughs> um, it might have been Ray. Um, but I heard this somewhere like, not all of your feelings are valid. You know, like some of them are trauma responses that you haven't really like looked at, you know, or or felt fully. And honestly, I feel like even if it is a trauma response, like you can feel it and then reflect, feel it and reflect. Because emotions are our body's way of telling us something. I, like I said, I had that crazy experience and I had these really deep feelings and like, you know, and then as I was feeling them, I was talking to myself. I was like comforting myself. And as the emotional part, the emotion subsided and like, you know, I got it all out. I was like, oh, okay. So what that was is this triggered my abandonment from then. Okay, cool. So that makes sense, but I'm not alone. So it's not an issue. It was, it was literally like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I don't have to feel that way. And what my body is telling me is, Hey, we thought we had a great big safety net and we don't. So let's make a bigger one. 
let's make more connections. Let's make more relationships with people that we feel comfortable enough to extend a hand and ask for help because that's what it was like I was sitting there like I don't have anyone to ask I don't have anyone to help me I'm I'm alone I can't believe I'm abandoned in this moment of need all these thoughts all these thoughts brewing and I was like this isn't true that's not true there's plenty of people I could reach out to the issue is I'm getting in my own way thinking I can't reach out thinking that that's not our relationship or that's not the kind of relationship we have. That's not the definition of what this is when all I needed to do was ask and find out. And I asked and found out and had a place to stay. You know, like I had all these ideas of what was, what it was and I was wrong. (laughs) God, if I had a penny for every time I've been wrong, I wouldn't need a job anymore. Yeah, it's it's fascinating how often our ideas just aren't even close to the truth and how caught up we get like how much of our suffering exists inside of our mind, if not entirely, yeah. like our idea entirely. of how we think things are, how we think things should be, how we fear that things might be like that's where all of it stems from is like things are things are how they are right now. And your idea of how you think they might be, or they could be, or they will be, or they should be. That's where it all comes from. It's like, it's like, we're here always. I'm making a little ball in front of me for those listening. And it's like, there's all these extensions of like, it could be this, it might be this, it should be this, it, I hope it isn't this. And it's like all of these. And it's like fear, anxiety, suffering, anger, frustration. It's like all of those emotions are outside of the reality of what is. And like those emotions don't happen because of this here now. Like they're they're extensions of this external idea of where we think things could or should or might be, but they're never now. They're never right now. They're all in the cerebral, in the mind, in the idea just like the idea of ourselves. That's awesome. That's great. I just had a thought while you were talking about that, about how identification is a lot like the legal system. Every time we identify, it requires two more identifications, right? As soon as I'm like, I'm angry. Well, why? Well, because I came from here, right? And this happened to me. And all of a sudden it just keeps cascading into more and more me, right? It's the narcissistic opera, me, 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 me. I just sang me, 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 but I was muted. Um, no, totally. And it's like, it's because it's, it's because it's more comfortable than the alternative. You know, it's, I, <laughs> it's like, you know, interacting with other people is kind of difficult once you get to this point. You know, you know. For them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's difficult for me at like work because I have to talk to people. And it's customer servicey, you know, and I'm sitting, I literally have a lot of downtime at work. So I'm sitting next to a handful of people. And of course, we're going to talk, we're going to chat. And I just, I can only say so much. I can only take it so far before I'm like, okay, I have, I have upset people. They're not going to hear me anymore. I need to like take a step back, talk about what they want to talk about, indulge. Honestly, 
I call it indulging in their narrative. And it's, you know, I kind of pick and choose when I'm going to share, you know, my thoughts on the things that people are saying, because it's not always worth it. It's not always worth my energy. <laughs> um, and I can kind of gauge whether or not people are in a place that they can really hear it anyway. Um, but it really is that, like, I've noticed the more that I talk less and listen more, um, which has happened a lot since this realization, <laughs> um, which is a good thing. Um, I noticed that people are always telling me like what it is, like what, what's up? They're telling me what's up. And I'm like, ah, is it? I'll just, you know, I just kind of question the things that they say because that's the, the softest way I can, I can do what I do you know like that's the, the softest way I can introduce the idea of questioning yourself to them is just softly being like oh is that so okay all right you know I don't really give them much I'm like all right cool but what if it's not you know what if this a little uncertainty <laughs> can go a long way right like that's mm -hmm. that's the thing I, I I made a TikTok at one point and I was saying it was one of those ones where I was being funny for no good reason but I was walking towards the camera and I was saying something along the lines of uh the problem with giving people answers is that as soon as you do they expect you to and then I just stop the video right? and that is the problem with giving people answers it's because they start expecting you to continue to lead the way right and so I was encouraging awareness just by adding a little uncertainty and to me that's incredibly funny because that is the best thing that we can do for people and it's the thing that they appreciate the least like as a parent, and I will admit this, one of my favorite answers to give my daughter is because. That's the answer. And it's a terrible, terrible, terrible answer. But sometimes that is the answer. And there are infinite reasons why, or re at least infinite reasons you could perceive it to be why, but it's just the way it is, right? And so it's kind of akin to what my teacher in Kung Fu used to tell me, just listen. To what? To find out as you listen. Well, thanks. That's super helpful, right? But it's, it is that thing where baby-proofing the world, adding arrows, pointing the direction the whole time, isn't helping us. It's not helping us. It's actually just getting us farther and farther away from the state of mind that's responsible enough to decide we're whole and complete in ourselves. Um, Sunny, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the book uh, Harold and the Purple Crayon. Mm -mm. it's a children's book um we actually have it on, on our website in the store because it's such an interesting book but it starts with this baby harold and he has a purple crayon and he decides he's going to leave his room and so he brings the crayon with him across these blank pages and as he's dragging the crayon it makes the ground and so he draws a tree and then he draws some apples and he decides oh those apples look great somebody's going to want to come and take them though so he draws a monster to scare away anybody who might take the apples the monster scares him and as he starts falling backwards and in, in fear from the monster he draws waves and falls into the water and he draws himself a little boat and gets out of the boat and does that and the whole story is about how harold forgets that he's doing this to himself and he's trying to find his way home and he comes across an, uh, an authority, a police officer, who happens to be pointing the way he was going anyway, because he drew the police officer, right? <laughs> and so the whole book is about how Harold finally realizes where home has been the whole time. And he just draws a window where the moon is outside, and he's back in his room.
and the entire adventure had just taken place in his mind. And it's a beautiful book. It's so symbolic. And it's one of the very earliest books that I, I read to my daughter for that reason, that the world is what we perceive. Our experience is what we perceive. That doesn't mean that's what's there, but it's what we experience as there. And the more seriously we take it, the more afraid we become. Even though we made the narrative, we made the journey for a purpose, for, for the adventure, for what we learn from it. I love that book. Yeah, it's interesting. He at no point or he lost sight. It's just like the God forgetting God's God. You know, he, he was like, oh, I don't now I'm just in this and now I'm attaching myself to this story as opposed to being that objective creator or observer of it. Golly, that's a good children's book. I love that. Yeah, it's it's fucking awesome. It's crazy how much of our experience is just recognizing that we're God. And that's what it comes down to. It's like we've always been God. The only difference between anyone is whether they know it or not. And that informs everything. And not that they're God and no one else is. It's that they're God along with everyone and everything else. And then you don't need rules. You don't need morality. It's like, how would you treat that as a person? Well, knowing they're you, you treat them with empathy and respect for the most part, you know, unless they're being a total asshole and then you can, you know, I don't know, fuck with them a little bit, but which is still empathy. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting too. I mean, you talked about this a little bit earlier. What's bad? You know, like morality, even as we have it now, morality is subjective. There is no one moral code. There is no one moral system or ethics system. It's entirely personal. Mine and yours could be different. And what is bad? Because you could say that murder is objectively bad. And I would say, no, I'd murder Hitler any day of the week. You know, I mean, and and I think that saying murder is bad stems from this idea one that we are the body and two that death is bad as opposed to just being something that inevitably happens we have fear over these things that just happen you know and and i'm not i don't mean to take away from the tragedy of someone losing a loved one early obviously that sucks like no i'm not going to say that that doesn't suck, but that doesn't necessarily mean objectively it's a bad thing. Like the story of the man with the horses and his son and the, yeah, there is no objectively good or bad. It just is. And we'll find out. Yeah. And that's it. It's to you. Mm -hmm. Everybody's like, well, there's a good and a bad to you mm -hmm. based on your preferences, based on what you like and don't like that's what that is yeah there's a destructive and a creative that we can agree on sure that's part of that's just describing how things the, the ebb and the flow of, of reality we can agree on all of that but the fact that something is on its face good or bad is completely conceptual right and it's so superficially conceptual that it, it falls on its ass as soon as you start to question it right like that that's the whole thing like this is why the vatican um you know gave uh, they blessed Hitler, 
just before World War II. Like the Pope met with Hitler. He was Time's Man of the Year in 1939, right? Like for why? Well, because he, he revolutionized uh, Germany's economy because he turned the, the whole country around. He was doing good stuff, good stuff, right? And it really just comes down to this superficial view of anything. And it's always like that, no matter what it is, it doesn't matter what the thought or concept is, it's a superficial assumption. It always is, it always has to be. It's kind of like the concept of pie. It's always an estimation. It's never actually pie because it's endless. I thought you meant pie, like the food. And I was like, mm, <laughs> that is something. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> but it's also not pie, right? <laughs> Whoa, don't take pie away from me, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> pie is just a word. <laughs> I was talking about that the other day. I, I quote unquote, work on the weekends. Um and one of my coworkers last Friday was like, oh, man, you work tomorrow on the weekend? That's terrible. And I looked at her and I go, there's no such thing as a weekend. <laughs> and she was like, what do you mean? I was like, it's just the sun's going to come up and I'm going to go to work and then I'm going to do the rest of my day. <laughs> and that's that's just how it goes. <laughs> there's no week. So there can't be a weekend. It's not really Friday. It's just now and it's hot <laughs> those are the things that it is yeah it's so true it's so funny how that was so much easier to to embody when i was self-employed when i didn't have a schedule when i worked when i wanted to work right but as soon as you end up back in the narratives of society as soon as you invest in the narrative in order to reap the benefits that the narrative is offering you for your participation in that narrative all of a sudden you're back in the cycles of that narrative. All of a sudden you start to see the limitations. You start wearing the time shackle. You start you know, thinking in terms of like, oh God, Friday's coming, I can live again. It's like, you could have lived every day. You choose to be here, right? Like exactly. That's the point. But it, it, it's always that, that removal of responsibility, right? Like I'm just going through the motions. No, no, you're, you're choosing to go through these motions. You are an active participant in these motions. The fact that you're unaware of your willing participation is not an excuse, unfortunately, though it is something you can work on. Yeah, yeah. It's again, it's that giving away of power. It's that thinking we're powerless. And that stems from, that stems from believing that there is a God outside of ourselves. Because if there is what, like, we couldn't possibly be powerful enough. Interesting, yeah. No one's, no one's coming to save us. <laughs> exactly. You got to do it. Save yourself. Ah, you know what? People haven't listened to enough punk music and it shows. I listen to music and I'm like, guys, we've been saying this. I, I listen ah, Pink Floyd, uh, Dark Side of the Moon. I listened to that for the first time, like n not too long ago, probably like a year ago. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because my, I mean, my parents had never listened to it. And like, I listened to it and I was like, what do you mean that we have had this circulating for all this time and this is where we're at? What? The, you listen to the Beatles, you listen to the, the people of that time. And I'm like, oh my God, like we've been knowing this. We've been understanding this Woodstock. They knew, they got it. I mean, they did a lot of psychedelics, which I'm sure helped, but it's not necessary. 
I came to all these realizations. Yeah. Oh, it definitely helps. I came to all these realizations prior to doing any like drugs, psychedelics. Um, And that just made my experience with psychedelics that much crazier because I I was talking to my friend now and I was like, I'm just going to microdose. And he was like, Oh, I didn't like, I don't feel anything. Like what's the point. And I looked at him and I said, well, my state of being in general isn't far off from what it's like to be on mushrooms. So it doesn't take much to tip the scale. It really, it really just is that little. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Now I feel like if other people know I've taken a substance, I can be myself and they'll just be like, Oh, it's a substance. You know, like I won't have to deal with them not talking to me anymore. Jesus was my younger life literally everybody was just like i'm pretty sure ray's high and it wouldn't yeah. matter if i was or wasn't because you can't really tell regardless right? mm-hmm. but, uh, i wanted to recommend a, a beatles song i don't know if you've Please heard do. it uh it's on sergeant pepper's lonely hearts love band which is probably uh-huh. one of their best albums it's called within you without you okay you will absolutely love that song and you will see where it's coming from well you resonate with imagine so you can see that the, the mentality there right and yeah it, it very much stems from that and i wanted to talk a bit briefly about what you were mentioning in regards to hallucinogenics in the 60s and the 70s because the hallucinogenics that were the most popular back then were lsd mm-hmm. right which unfortunately isn't organic it's yeah, very it's much organic. messed with right mm-hmm. and, and i think it does take on that that note in terms of you can have insights and still maintain your your sense of control whereas with mushrooms mm, there's there's no sense of control it's like hey Mm. you're in the driver's seat which you've been the whole time we're going to remove that illusion for you um so and i think that that was a large part of of what went wrong with the 70s and the 60s because again the hippie movement became a fad it became a movement became something that people identified with which was Mm -hmm. immediately a step away from the mentality that created it counterproductive yeah and it's interesting too i'm kind of seeing that repeat itself a little bit i'm noticing that mushrooms are i mean it's on clothes everywhere there's jewelry made of it there's it's everywhere and i'm like okay people are talking about wanting to like participate in and i'm like that's cool and whether or not you know the healing properties and what could really what mushrooms really could do for you they're going to do it regardless of if you know. It's just like you've said before, when it's over, do you attribute it to the mushrooms or do you take that lesson you learned and embody it and be like, oh, that I can feel like that all of the time. I am that all of the time. It's, it's like we've said multiple times today, like whether or not you are aware of the fact that you are this, that you are everything. You are. Just, it's, people talk about, oh, do this and you, you'll get to your highest self. Your highest self is here. It's one step away. It's one, you know, you have to look at your shadows to become your highest self. And it's like, you are always your highest self. Always. The only thing that makes it feel like you're not is you let the ego drive you give away your power and you give it to the ego and you sit in the passenger seat and it's okay to do that sometimes shit i know i do that sometimes still it's gonna happen it's the human condition the ego doesn't go away it's hanging out in there 
it's a homie. It's kind of an asshole, but it's a homie. <laughs> it's always been there. And, you know, sometimes you just got to be like, I'm going to take the wheel and you can sit shoddy. You can, you can enjoy the views. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not killing your ego. Anytime you think you are, it's, you're making it stronger, essentially. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when it comes when it comes to mushrooms, it's fascinating just the the difference between recognizing that it's you doing it or the mushrooms doing it. And so many people just attribute it to the mushrooms. And it's like the reality is that when you're on them, you're more quote unquote more you than you are when you're off them. Like that's, that's closer to what you actually are. So those thoughts, those trippy mushroom thoughts you have, it's always there. When you clear the fog, when you lift the veil, that's what's left. That's what you are beyond the conceptual, beyond the ideas, beyond what you think you are, beyond what you've been told that you are, beyond what you believe that you are. Because you're none of those things. You're never, ever any of those things because they're all concepts. They're all ideas. And yeah, when, when you take mushrooms like that, everything you experience is more of what you are. It peels you back to your truer self in a way. And, and that's, it's, it's unfortunate. I try and express this to anyone I talk to about mushrooms because I talk to a lot of people about them because a lot of people are curious because I'm pretty open about me taking them. And I say, like, it's, it's you. It's, it's what you are. The mushrooms allow you to see that, but it's always you. It's never, it's never them doing it, but as long as you think it's them, it's, it's going to be them almost you're, you're going to let it be them and not take from it what you could have, if you recognized it was always you. Nicely said, it's funny how our experience of reality really does come down to our level of willingness to be reality, right? The more that we make it reality external, the more that we experience that thing. It's not just with psychedelics. Like if you're on psychedelics and then you come off psychedelics, you're like, oh, it's just the mushrooms. That's what you're going to get out of it. That's what your experience is going to be. But the same is true for anything. I mean, I remember when I was going through depression and they were saying like, oh, well, you, you have a deficiency in serotonin. You know, you keep making the chemical the problem rather than the chemical the result, right? Because what I'm doing in my mind is what my body is reflecting right? What I'm, embod- what I'm embodying in my consciousness is what my brain is producing to be my reality, right? So the more I'm focusing on the reasons to be anxious, the more anxious I'm feeling, the more I'm focusing on the reasons to not be happy, the less my brain is creating a chemical that would symbolize happiness, right? And so we keep putting the cart before the horse. And the same is true with this fascination with dopamine now. It's like, Jesus, and I'm a dopamine addict. Everything is dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. It's like, no, you're just satisfying your ego. You can call it dopamine, sure, but you can also just say that you're addicted to satisfying your ego, right? Which would be more accurate. But instead, we blame the dopamine. Like, oh, it's the dopamine that, that's you know, enticing me. It's the dopamine. It's like you're, you're doing the same thing that has been done in terms of opiates and the war against drugs forever. You're vilifying the chemical instead of looking at the mentality that needs that chemical, the mentality that's learned to use that chemical because it's been traumatized to shit and it has no other alternative to escape its hell, right? So it's just that short-term satisfaction. That's all that's, that's all it's about. But as soon as we realize, oh, right, it's me reaching for that short-term satisfaction because I don't feel complete. It stops being about the dopamine. It starts being about what we choose. It starts being about the dialogue we have with ourselves. And what's so funny is that as soon as you are able to realize that 
Your voice is the voice of your reality. It always has been. Well, then everything becomes an act of self-dialogue. Everything is an act of self-reflection and self-honesty and self-empathy with everybody that you talk to for the rest of your existence because they're all you. And you know it, not conceptually, not as a belief, but as something that is just the result of you getting out of your own way, of tearing down the walls that you were putting up by habit. And that's really all it's about, responsibility and relaxation, keeping it light. It all comes back to the same state of mind, which you know, religion would call heaven on earth, which is just laughable. So on that note, as we have approached the two hour mark already, this conversation has been so much fun. I really enjoyed it. I hope that we can get you to come back onto the show again. I know you are a part of the Dualistic Unity community, so people can reach out to you through your social media accounts, through Discord. I believe you're on Patreon as well. I'm still gonna try and convince you to come to the retreat. So anybody who's interested in coming to the retreat, just keep that in mind, you might be there too. Um, and aside from that, I just wanna say thank you so much for joining us and being what you are, what you already were already. I know my thanks doesn't mean shit when it comes down to the fact that you're already being you, but I know you'll appreciate it nonetheless. Um, I'm going to pass this to Andrew, but before we wrap up with, with Andrew having the last words of this episode, because I know I've talked an abundant amount, um, <laughs> is there anything that you would like to share uh, in terms of an insight or two that's helped you along your journey, more than what you've already shared, obviously, because there's a wealth in this episode, um, just something that you might want to give in terms of a tidbit for our listeners that might help them along? Um, all right, yeah. I feel like that's a big question to hit me with right at the end, Ray. You couldn't ask me before and let me think about it. Take, take your time. <laughs> take your time also. <laughs> um, I would say spend time with just yourself away from any distractions and pay attention to that you'll hear your ego, you'll experience it as something separate from you when you hear it all day long. And have more fun. Even through the bad stuff, just have more fun. Do stuff because it's fun. You don't need any reason other than that. Amen. Well, <laughs> Sonny, we've really appreciated you coming on. I absolutely love your content. I'm really glad we were able to have a conversation with you. I really appreciate your authenticity that you put out into the world as the world. We have more than enough people trying to be something for the world. And I appreciate you just doing it for you and expressing yourself as well as you do. So thank you very much for coming on and, and taking the time with us today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. That's awesome. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Of course, we will see you next week for episode four. We also have another roundtable coming up, the first roundtable of season three. So that will be released probably before the weekend. Uh, we will see you next week. Take care. Bye, everyone.